All right, everyone, and welcome back to the Red Zone Power Play Podcast. Uh, this is our NFL Wild Card Weekend uh, preview here, preview episode. Uh, a lot of great matchups this weekend. I'm really looking forward to them. Zach, I don't know about you, but th- th- this is going to be a great Wild Card Weekend. I think we really got everything an NFL fan could hope for. There's a lot of uh, a lot of nice division matchups, um, and then even some cross division matchups. But just some really, really, really good games to look forward to. Exactly. I'm so excited for this weekend. Um, but before we begin there, uh, we'll just do our usual intros here. I am Eve, And I'm Zach. And um, yeah, like I said, right before we get into our preview of Wildcard Weekend, we're going to get into some news that broke earlier today, uh, being Thursday, January 7th, of Deshaun Watson. Houston, quarter- Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson is reportedly un unhappy with the Texans right now because of you know his lack of involvement in the hiring process of the general manager and head coach they haven't hired a head coach yet but they did hire a general manager uh, earlier this week and Deshaun Watson was not happy that he was not involved in that process which is obviously spreading the rumors that he could possibly ask for a trade and, you know, there's some obvious trade rumor, trade destinations out there. A lot of people are already saying that, you know, three teams out there that are, you know, in, would possibly make that trade for Deshaun Watson. And Zach, you and I talked about that right before the show started. And um, it was the three teams that possibly would go in for Deshaun Watson are the New England Patriots, our team, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Indianapolis Colts. So Zach, what are your thoughts about, what are your thoughts about Deshaun Watson? Um, I mean, rightfully he should be upset. He, uh, he came into the NFL kind of on a, on a high note, you know, had a really good rookie season. Uh, I believe he got hurt that season, not his second season, but um, you know, he's obviously a dynamic quarterback, led the league in passing. Um, you know, he's, he's a good runner. He, uh, he's definitely matured a lot. His decision-making is better. And I think that, this season was a real test for him. You know, Bill O'Brien didn't really feature him in the offense correctly. Um, you know, traded away his best weapon. So he definitely wasn't happy about that from the start of the year. Um, certainly David Johnson is a capable uh, dual threat running back, but far, far and away on the wrong side of 30. Um, a lot of running backs kind of start declining around like 28, 29. So um, I, I think that whole trade there kind of, frustrated him and set him on a bad foot to start the year. <clears throat> Bill O'Brien getting let go certainly opened up the offense more for him. And I feel like he kind of felt to be in a better place. You know, he was starting to become more, you know, you could kind of see watching his body language a little more positive, even though they were losing, he was enjoying his time in the offense, but as a potential franchise quarterback, like Deshaun Watson, where you could build a team around him, you know, you already have a defense that's good, but you lost, you know, Jadeveon Clowney, you lost Laramie Tunsil, who was a pretty good um, offensive lineman. You lose your best wide receiving weapon. I mean, Brandon Cooks is a good replacement, but not for DeAndre Hopkins. So I think the whole thing was he wanted to have a say in the direction of the team, um, being that he hadn't had a say in personnel stuff or even any real opinion uh, being taken. I think for him, if he would have had some sort of say in the GM, he would have felt more comfortable, one, re-signing, two, playing there, and three, just overall happiness. I mean, why would he want to re-sign with a team who potentially he doesn't like the GM? So him wanting out, I don't blame him. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if guys like JJ Watt 
Brandon Cooks, you know, kind of start wanting their way out next because that team um, was very promising for a couple of years there, but um, they're certainly on a on a backward spiral now. Um, I, I feel bad for him because he's certainly a guy that I root for. Um, I have a lot of uh, just I have a lot of desire to see him succeed. Um, but I think the whole thing is, is certainly frustrating, not only for him, but even for people that are fans of the Texans and also um, those of us that are Deshaun fans. And uh, the rumors being, um, I can't remember, did you did you name the three teams? Yeah, it was the, as we talked about before, it was the Patriots, Steelers, and Colts. But, but, the, yeah. but uh, there are some other teams out there too, but like what we talked about before, we'll just focus on those three. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the Patriots, I you never know with Bill Belichick, he could probably – send the uh, the Texans a couple bags of chips and maybe a, uh, a random receiver or like James White and probably land a Sean Watson. So, um, yeah, I mean, you never know. But I feel like the Patriots may not be the best fit for him, being that he would have to become more of a pocket passer. Um, you look at Cam Newton, he really did not succeed in that offense. Um, I mean, clearly the team wasn't the same, but they need someone more of a field general like Tom Brady. Um I think in terms of the Colts, it's interesting because um, notice I'm saving the Steelers for last, but the Colts, I think it's interesting <laughs> right. because Phillip Rivers, if they have a good playoff run, could very well resign there. Um, and he wants to keep playing. I, I could see him going back. He has um, good you know, rapport with the receivers. Um, he likes his tight ends. He likes Jonathan Taylor. The O-line's decent um, when they're healthy, that is. They're also in the running for Carson Wentz. They're also in the running for other free agent quarterbacks and now potentially Deshaun Watson. I would think someone along the lines of Carson Wentz would be a perfect fit for the Colts. Somewhat mobile, good like arm. I've been like I've been saying for the yes. for the most part. Absolutely, and I would I agree with you. I mean, I certainly have always played like kind of the whole Jags Devils advocate. That was you know while they had the second pick, not the first pick, right. Um, but I, I think the Colts would be a good fit. One, indoors. Two, he'd probably stay a little more healthy because his offensive line wouldn't be getting him killed. Um, and he, he has T.Y. Hilton, even though he's getting a little older. He's ha- he has you know younger receivers. He's got the tight ends. He's got a star running back. Not that he didn't have one in Philly, but he has a, an offensive line that will do better, You know, allow that yeah. run game to open up. So I don't know about Deshaun to the Colts. Um, in terms of the Deshaun to the Steelers thing, I doubt it will happen. Colbert doesn't like to make big moves like that. Minka was a pretty big move, and that was the first time we traded a first-round pick since, like, 1960. Um, I don't see it happening because the Texans are going to want probably this year and next year's first. Um, probably a guy like Deontay um, and, heck, even, like, Benny Snell. So You never know what they're going to want. You know, maybe yeah. someone from the defense, they may want, like, a – a Stefan to or a Cam Hayward and the Steelers are already going to have cap problems. But if it's something where, you know, Ben retires or whatever happens, his 40 million comes off the books. So that opens up Deshaun's 21 a year um, and kind of frees up 19, but you don't want to give away everything. Um, Deshaun to the Steelers wouldn't be bad. I think that he'd be a pretty good fit being that we don't run the ball that well and his ability to move would, uh, would keep defenses from keying in on a running back in a clear running set. You know, you bring in the heavy set, three tight ends, you know, you got one wide and a, and a running back. Deshaun could very easily play a running back, you know, a, a, an RPO and take it himself and just zip around everybody. So uh, it brings it up. 
an element to the offense that we haven't had in a while. Um, I just think the whole the whole idea is really, really good for the Steelers, but I, in in theory, but execution wise, it's not going to happen. I don't see um, Colbert making a move like that, even though personally, I'd love to see Deshaun Watson running around Heinz Field. Yeah, like 100%. I have to agree with you on everything you said about Deshaun Watson. Uh, when you're the franchise quarterback of an organization like the Texans or just anywhere in general, like you should have a say on who, who, who you should hire as the general manager or the head coach or really like any coaches too. Um, as we know from Ben Roethlisberger all these years, it, it seems like he definitely has a good say in, you know, in some of those decisions, not that, you know, we've had to make those decisions in recent years, thankfully, because Mike Tomlin is one of the greatest coaches that the Steelers have ever had. And he's one of the greatest coaches in the NFL today. And then the same thing with the GM, Kevin Colbert has been nothing but a great, great general manager for the Steelers. Uh, hopefully he'll be back next year, but if not, then, or year after, I don't know when his contract ends, but ho- hopefully he'll be back here. Hopefully he'll stick around here for the next few years. But he's going year to year right now, kind of like with Ben. Um, okay. He's literally doing yeah. like one year um, contracts, but the Rudys, you know that they'll bring him back as long as he wants to come back. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, I Deshaun Watson should have a say in the Texans' future. There's no question about that. And if he does end up getting traded, that team does should give Deshaun that chance to say, "Listen, I want to be involved in some of these decision make in de, in these decision makings." And and that's fine. Like if I was a general man, no, if I was an owner, I would be like, "Yes, we'll give you that. We'll give you that option." Now, as regards to Deshaun Watson to the Steelers, I'm with you. I would love to see it happen. He is an elite quarterback. He's he's just he's so mobile. He's able to hang in the pocket and make those throws, but also, like we said, he's able to extend the play and get out of the pocket and even run the ball. He so that that's what makes him special. But at the same time, I have to agree. I don't think. The Steelers will do, will make that trade mainly because um, I do think Ben Roethlisberger will be back next year, and yes, that his contract unfortunately will create some cap issues, which will ultimately have to force the Steelers to make some tough decisions in the off season. Uh, hopefully, we don't see too many faces that we like go. But at the end of the day, it's it's a business. But yeah, I don't think the Steelers will go for Deshaun Watson. We'll trade for Deshaun Watson um, for the Patriots. I could see it happening just because it's Bill Belichick. Like you said, anything can happen. He can get Deshaun Watson for probably, I don't know, just a chocolate, like you said, a chocolate chip and a bag of chips. And then probably, uh, I, I don't know, like that Slater Slater uh, from the special teams. I forget his first name. I don't know if he, but um, I think so. I don't know. But yeah, I, yeah, crazy. <laughs> yeah. But um, also like, um, I, I don't know if that would necessarily fit either because, like like you said, um, the Patriots are looking for more of a pocket-passing quarterback. And if you look at the weapons that Cam Newton had to work with this past year, it was nothing. He didn't have Julian Edelman. He didn't have, you know, like a Randy Moss type type of wide receiver that Tom Brady has had over the past years with the Patriots. So I just don't see, I just don't think that would work for Deshaun Watson and for the Colts. I could definitely see it happening. I, I could. I think it would be a good fit, especially with Frank 
with an offensive-minded head coach like Frank Reich and the weapons that the Colts have in T.Y. Hilton, Pascal, Moali, Cox, and you know, number of other guys, good running game into Jonathan Taylor, like you said, and Nakeem Hines isn't bad either, and their defense is pretty good too. And yes, that offensive line is really, really good. But I don't think that I don't think it'll happen because it's an in-division trade. And I don't think the Texans are going to trade their star quarterback to a division rival. That, that that's the only thing. That's the only reason why I don't see that trade happening. But uh, for Deshaun Watson, um, ho- hopefully he can w- work the relationship out with Houston. But if, if it doesn't happen, then uh, we'll have to wait and see where if he does demand a trade and if he does get a trade, it'll be interesting to see where he plays next year. I think the head coaching point was really interesting because Frank Reich would be a lot of fun to play with, um, especially as a mobile quarterback. Um, You know, he kind of, you could see it with Carson Wentz a little bit, you know, when he was, um, was the OC there. But um, I think Deshaun in Pittsburgh would be interesting because Tomlin's a defensive minded head coach, but I also think that he would let Deshaun kind of, do what he needed to do. Um, being that you watched Tomlin let Ben improvise for 15 years, you know? So um, I, I don't know what the chances would be, but like, like you said, it'd be interesting to see where he ends up. And uh, it's definitely going to be something to follow throughout the off season to see what happens with that relationship in Houston. Um, but anyways, we'll get into our uh, wild card preview here. The Cleveland Browns coming to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers in a rematch of Week 17, um, where the Browns narrowly escaped the Steelers' practice squad. Um, Mason Rudolph played the best game of his entire NFL career. Um, the running game was so-so, not great. They didn't really do a whole lot of running, but you know Connor looked pretty good when he played in like the first quarter. That's about it. Um, Juju, Claypool, Johnson, the usual suspects look really good. Uh, Vance McDonald, the guy we keep saying he's become more involved, looked pretty good. Um, with the defense, I mean, they they got to Baker Mayfield four times um, against all of the Browns starters. Um, and that was without TJ Watt, um, without Cam Hayward, um, without Joe Hayden. I mean, we we had like half of our like Pro Bowl defense out there. So um, when we get all these guys back, uh, the headlines going into this game, Joel Batonio, the starting uh, left guard for the Browns, is going to be out. Um, and that means his backup is going to see a very rested Cam Hayward, very motivated Cam Hayward. Um, that's a recipe for disaster for the Browns. And uh, you're going to have both Alex Highsmith and Cam Hayward coming off the left at Baker Mayfield, and you're going to have TJ Watt coming off his right. So um, it's going to be an interesting game. You know, Ben's going to be back. We're going to have – um, him nice and rested. Well, Pouncey nice and rested. Um, I, I don't know what to make of it. I'm going to let you go first, kind of give your your thoughts on the game, um, and hopefully it'll lead us right into our picks. We'll start off with this game because we'll just pick them right after we analyze it, but I'm going to let you go ahead and take it away. Well, don't also forget that um, the Browns will, be, will also be without their uh, play caller and head coach Kevin Stefanski. And then they will also be down uh, starting safety, Rodney Harrison. and But they do gain, get back Andrew Sandeo. But uh, I've heard from a lot of Browns fans that, you know, he's just not that good. So um, it, it, it'll, it's interesting. It really is. Um, I, I like the matchup. I do. Uh, it, 
it gives you know the Steelers a chance to say, hey, this is our division here. Uh, like you got lucky kind of last week only because, um, you know, most of our guys didn't play. And I think Ben Roethlisberger should have a field day with a depleted Browns secondary. And especially without a couple of the Browns uh, good pass rushers. I forgot Olivier Vernon is out for the remainder of the season with a torn Achilles, which he suffered last week. Uh, when he was playing the Steelers. Um, but yeah, I think Ben should have a field day, just like the way that Mason Rudolph had a field day because he threw for over 300 yards and two touchdowns. So I, I, I think Ben Roethlisberger should do the same. I, I I think he'll be able to do the same, find Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson. Really what I was saying when I was watching the game last week was um, Ben needs to find the best matchup and take advantage of it because the Browns were without Denzel Ward last week. And it it seems like he's not going to play again this week. Uh, I haven't heard anything, but Denzel Ward might be out this week too. So Ben should take advantage of a weaker matchup against whoever, whether that be, whether that be Chase Claypool or Juju Smith-Schuster, he needs to take advantage of it. And I we, we saw a little bit of the Steelers' recipe going into the playoffs, and that's throw the ball down the field. That's what the Steelers need to do here is throw the ball down the field because it worked so well last week and in that comeback win against the Colts. So that that's just what Ben Roethlisberger needs to do. I would like to see, but going into the running game here, the running game is still not there. I would like to see the running game get going here. I don't think the Browns have the best uh, rushing defense. So in the last time the Steelers and Browns met at Heinz Field, James Conner went over 100 yards. And I think that was one of the last times he went over 100 yards rushing. So I think that the Steelers need to take advantage of that and give the ball to James Conner or Benny Snell or who Anthony McFarlane, you know, whoever, or even uh, Josh Dobbs. You know, uh, I was listening to Coach Tomlin's press conference and um, he wasn't he he was all in for the idea that Josh Dobbs could play, could go in and play quarterback and do like the read option type of thing that he did this past week. And I think that was something that the Steelers really took advantage of. So I, I would love to see it. I, I think a lot of other people would like to see it as well. And then uh, for the defenses and then for the defensive side of the ball, like, um, yeah, like uh, our practice squad really got to Baker may got to Baker Mayfield four times. And, that that was great to see. But the one thing that I think all that I noticed, and I'm sure a lot of other people did too, was that Baker Mayfield was able to finish the game with his legs. And that's something that the Steelers have to work on this week. Thankfully, like like you said, we're getting all of our starters back. We're getting Cam Hayward back. We're getting um TJ Watt back. And we're hopefully going to get Robert Spillane back too. And those guys should be able to put more put a lot more pressure on Baker Mayfield and they should be able to catch up and contain Baker Mayfield. That's what the Steelers need to do on defense is to contain Baker Mayfield so he doesn't escape out of the pocket and extend the play to make those throws because we've seen this in the past when Baker Mayfield hangs in the pocket and he gets pressure in his face, he's uncomfortable and he makes a mistake. That's what the Steelers need to do on the defensive side of the ball is just get to Baker Mayfield and make him for and force him to make a mistake. But also, you need to stop Nick Chubb and you need to stop Cremont. That that's no question whatsoever, because 
those two are the are by far the best running back duo in the NFL. If you can stop them and you can contain Baker Mayfield and force him to make mistakes, force him to beat you, I think the Steelers will win this game. I agree. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to start on defense. Um, kind of follow the points you made. The main point I was going to make about defense was the exact thing you just said. If you keep him in the pocket, if you put pressure on him, he's going to make mistakes, whether it's fumble, whether it's throw a pick, or just truly not be able to hit a receiver. And, you know, the potential return of Robert Spillane, he's easily our best cover linebacker without Devin Bush. Um, that's going to kind of limit Austin Hooper a little bit, potentially. Um, I think the biggest thing, like you said, is stopping Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. The Browns are going to be without, uh, I think it was Peoples-Jones is going to be out. Um, and then they're going to be down to pretty much Jarvis Landry and Austin Hooper in terms of receiving threats. Um, I think the biggest thing for the Steelers' defense is to put pressure on Baker and, like you said, keep him in the pocket. I mean, with T.J. Watt back, with Spillane back, with Hayden back, whoever, they're all going to know how to keep him in the pocket a little better better than who we had on the field this past week. So um, I I think that kind of gets shored up a little bit with the return of some of those guys. And on the offensive side, I think Ben's going to have a field day, just like you said. I think that the biggest thing for him is look at um, Terrence Mitchell is essentially their number one corner right now without Denzel Ward. Um, He'll be on the right side of the field, basically shadowing Juju or Johnson. Um, And that leaves – Tavir Thomas or MJ Stewart as the next in line, potentially even Robert Jackson um, on Claypool. And I just like to look at uh, Robert Jackson. I think he's the tallest of them at six foot two. Uh, Tavir Thomas is five ten, and MJ Stewart's five eleven. So if you have either of those two guys on Claypool, um, I say you just kind of attack whoever's covering Claypool because at this point, none of their corners can cover him. Um, and even in the safety position, uh, Anderson Dejo is pretty much the starting free safety. Um, I mean, it, it should be a pretty easy game to get the ball downfield, you know, kind of get that, continue that going. Um, you watched Mason just launching balls downfield. Um, they even had a fourth and 10 from like the 35 of the Browns and they converted into a touchdown. So um, that's probably one of the best catches I've seen a Steelers receiver make in a long time, but um, for me, I think that if we get if we get the deep ball working early, it's going to allow Connor to get that run game moving. Um, we're going to be able to just chew clock starting in the second half. Um, as long as Ben's not just trying to just do the dink and dunk stuff, um, I think they'll be pretty okay. Um, you know, you want to look for more of that second level throwing, kind of like that 15 to 20 yards downfield. You don't need to be throwing the ball 40, 45 yards every time downfield, but if you're getting more than the five, seven yard crossers, I think you're going to have a lot more success um, because once you get outside of the front of the Browns, you know, they're kind of the front seven, um, they're really weak. Um, and there's, there's nothing really spectacular um, in that, in that defense. Um, looking at their roster, I don't really see any li- linebackers, but Mac Wilson, they kind of scare me a little bit, but um, you know, you got Miles Garrett, obviously without Olivier Vernon, it's a different team, but, I, I don't think they're going to be able to stop the offense missing who they're missing. So um, that's kind of my thoughts on the Steelers. You named a lot of it really well. Um, but yeah, I think that as long as Tomlin keeps the guys together, Ben keeps the offense moving and the defense does their job. There's no reason we shouldn't be playing Buffalo next week. Yeah. I mean, like 
Also, like I, I just want to point point it out with Denzel Ward too. Is a, did you hear uh, Juju Smith-Schuster in his uh, press conference uh, yesterday? He said, um, "Did you hear?" No, go ahead. He was a, he's like a reporter asked him about Denzel Ward, and he said, um, "Denzel Ward, you know, uh, he has a cool name. Uh, I think he's a light skin. Probably gets all the girls." Oh my! <laughs> he literally said that in his. Uh, press conference yesterday and I thought that was really funny. Well, really something funny. he just said uh, recently was they're still the same Browns team I play every year. I think they're nameless gray faces. That's true. I forgot he did say that. I, he did say that too. He kind of pulled a Tomlinism there and you know but but no, I, I have to disagree with him on that because I because this is definitely a different Browns team. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're 11 and 5 and they made the playoffs. That's something that they haven't done in 18 years. I so, 18 years <laughs> longer than Juju's been able to walk. So, <laughs> <laughs> although I, I do, I do got to say, I have to feel bad for the Browns fans. You get back into the playoffs for the first time in 18 years and then you lose your head coach for this game, you lose your one of your top pass rushers. And then you lose a bunch of other starters too, especially for a guy like Joel Pantonio. I have, I I also feel bad for him too because he suffered through an zero and sixteen team, a one in fifteen team. He's he's their longest tenured uh, Brown Browns offensive lineman, and went through all that, and he finally gets into the playoffs, and he's going to have to miss it. So I really do feel bad for him and for other Browns fans out there because. You know, it's just it does seem like 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 they're cursed, but at the same time, you know, as a Steelers fan, it's like okay, well, they're down all these people. There's no reason why we should, you know, lose this game. You know? Oh, absolutely, I agree with you. And to me, I think that <clears throat> the way I look at it, Baker Mayfield has no excuses right now. Um, you look at guys around the league missing their top left guard. You know, Batonio is a huge piece, and left guard, left tackle, are pretty much the two most important. Um, positions on the offensive line, in my opinion, obviously, you know, the blind side, but um, I think that if you look at got at someone like Lamar, he's missing his left tackle, Ronnie Stanley, one of the best left tackles in the NFL. And he got better since Stanley got hurt. You look at Mahomes. He hasn't had Mitchell Schwartz, a pro bowl left side offensive lineman, and he's played perfectly fine. I mean, I'm trying to think there was one other one who I, who I saw that was missing there. Um, their left guard. Uh, either way, there was another quarterback. So, you know, for me, Mayfield certainly has the inexperience in the playoffs card. You know, it's his first time. Certainly, he's going to have more in the future. Um, but to me, there's no real excuse because you're looking at all these other young quarterbacks doing just fine without their starting offensive tackles. Um, and the other one was Aaron Rodgers. He hasn't had David Bakhtiari. So, out of the five games that I think Bakhtiari missed, I think Rodgers was like 15 and 0 touchdowns, interceptions. So, I don't know. I think that you look at what's happened around the league, there's really no reason Mayfield can pull that card. Right, no, and I, I doubt he does that, but, I mean, you I, never know. I doubt he does that. Yeah, <laughs> you, you never know. I mean, I, I doubt he does that, though. But, yeah, just going back to the matchup here, too, um, just for, like, uh, actually, I forget what I was going uh, to I forget what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Um, but anyways, if, you know, based on our analysis of this game, 
who do you think is going to win this game? And what? And let's give a score too, just because it's our game. I, I'm going to take the Steelers. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to take the Steelers in this game mainly because I think with the addition of the players that were missing last week, like Ben, TJ, Cam, uh, Spillane, and all those guys, all those guys coming back, I think that they're going to be a real difference maker in this in this game. And I do. I think the Steelers will get some sort of running game going here. I think you'll see a lot of James Conner. Hopefully the Steelers will run the ball at least 15 to 20 times. And then, like we said, Ben Roethlisberger just, you know, does a little bit of the dink and doink stuff, but not too many times where we'll, we'll see Ben like expand the field, throw the ball down the field, hopefully for most of the game. Actually, I was just going to say how much you want to bet that Ben Roethlisberger on the first play of the game, he's going to take a shot down the field to chase Claypool. I could see it. Either Claypool or Johnson, either one of them has the burner speed. Exactly. I I could definitely see that happening on the very first play of the game. Um, Classic fashion. Season opener always throws a 70-yard bomb on the first play or tries to at least. (laughs) (laughs) I was surprised he didn't do it in his first game back. To be honest, <laughs> well, that's what I mean. I mean, any season opener I think I've ever seen out of him, he's always taken just a massive shot on the first series. Yeah, I could definitely see him doing that this game too. But um, I think the Browns will keep it close. I, I do. I I know a lot of people will probably say that the Steelers should roll in this game, and, and they might. I'm not disagreeing with the fact that they that they won't or anything. But I, I do think the Browns will keep this game close. I like the Steelers 31 to 20, 31, 27. That, that's what I'm going to say. 31, 27 Steelers move on to the divisional round. That's kind of funny. Uh, I took Steelers 31, 17. Um, oh. I wrote it down before you did that. I've, uh, I was doing it, trying to get my, my numbers down first, but <laughs> actually, thinking- actually, no, actually, no, no, like skip, forget the 27, 31, 24. That's going to be the final score. Fair enough. Um, I think for me, the biggest reason it's a wider margin, um, I think that it's going to be a really close first half. Um, I think that um, <clears throat> I don't think it's going to play out the way that the Colts game did. I think that Feekner is going to kind of understand that, OK, this is what worked. And you sh- you saw it last week with Rudolph. You know, Rudolph's not out there calling the plays like Ben would. You know, that's right. The way I see it is what you saw in the second half of Ben calling his own plays that was Feekner taking the idea of, okay, maybe this is what we need to do to successfully work our offense. And, you know, he's working with a young quarterback, a guy who hasn't played all season, um, you know, half of, you know, like he's not working with Pouncey. He doesn't have the same run game. And obviously the run game's not been there all season really since week nine, 10. Um, Something like that. The Jacksonville game. I think that was the last game we went over a hundred with a single runner, but yeah. Um, I think for me, Feekner's going to let Ben have some freedom. Um, and I think that – I think at halftime it's going to be like a 17 to 10 kind of game. Um, and I think once you're, what you're going to see is whether the Steelers get the ball first or second uh, in the second half, they're going to get that three and out and get the ball or they're going to go down and score. Um, and they're going to start just kind of walking away with it a little bit. Um, Baker's going to have to throw, and that's when you're going to see TJ Hayward to it. Highsmith, they're going to start just taking the game over a little bit because they're not going to be able to run the same way. Um, Spillane's going to be really good if he's coming back um, to keep Chubb in check. And I think that if you take the run game pretty much out of the equation for the Browns, you know, down two touchdowns, it's um, it's a different team. And especially with 
potentially Hayden back. If not Hayden, Nelson, I think, can handle Jarvis Landry. Um, you know, he pretty much did so last week. Um, and Fitzpatrick, obviously, back there in the secondary. I mean, there's no no better free safety in my eyes in the league right now. Um, but I, I think for me, that's that's kind of how it's going to play out is the Steelers are going to be able to just either run or just kind of do the dink and dunk passes to get the the clock to run out. So um, I think that Mayfield's going to make some mistakes in the second half and it'll end up being like 31-17. One thing, one thing that I'd like to point out that I told you, like that I sent you over Twitter, like it was either yesterday or Tuesday or whatever. Um, Matt Filer has been on IR for like the past, I don't know, three or four weeks. And um, he was the original starting left guard yeah left guard yeah left guard and then he went down in the buffalo game and then kevin dotson came in and we've said this before kevin dotson has played out of his mind this whole season he hasn't allowed a single sack he hasn't allowed one sack since since he came in to start he's only allowed one qb pressure or one qb hit or whatever or whatever it is he he's just been an absolute gem that the Steelers have found, and he needs to start on Sunday, whether Matt Filer comes off IR or not. He needs to start. I would agree, and I think the biggest thing for me is that, um, you know, Olivier Vernon's gone, and Miles Miles Garrett's going to be going against DeCastro. Um, <sighs> I think for me, if Dotson starts at left guard, you know, Villanueva played pretty well um, last week, as much as I've kind of been calling him out for not playing so well. He did have, you know, a few really good series last week. I'd be better. I'd be more comfortable if Filer stayed on the sidelines, uh, especially coming off IR. You don't want him to get hurt again right away, um, especially because he is an experienced guy. Um, I think for me, you want to let Dotson play. You know, he needs the experience as much as anybody. He's a young offensive guard. I think for him, the more experienced, the better. And like you said, he's played really well. And I don't, I don't hear his name getting called. Um, you know, the occasional hold once in a while. But the better offensive linemen don't have their name called out unless they do something really well. So, you know, it's very similar to um, DBs. Unless they make a pick, their name should not be coming up. You don't want to hear Hayden looked silly, Nelson looked silly, whatever, because. The more you hear defense, like defenders' names in the secondary and offensive linemen's names, means they're not playing very well. So, yeah, <laughs> to not really hear Dotson's name and not really know he's been playing much. Um, yeah, obviously after the fact you know he played, but during the game you don't hear his name. I think it's a good sign, and I think he's going to keep it up. Yeah, no, I have to agree. And one thing too, just going back to this, it went. Just going back to the Steeler, like onto the Steeler side of the ball here on defense, TJ Watt coming back. Obviously, I think he's going to be an absolute difference maker. I think he's he's obviously coming into this game healthy, and he will be an absolute difference maker for, without a doubt. I agree, and that was, in my opinion, outside of Pouncey, that was the most important guy to sit on that defense. Oh, for because sure. If he would have well, gotten it- hurt. You lose everything. Well, see, like, um, I also really wanted to uh, see TJ Watt play last week only because I, I would have loved to have seen him break or at least tie James Harrison's sing- single season sack record, which he still holds. Uh, the record is 16. 
And TJ Watt finished the year with 15 sacks, which leads the NFL. And we're going to keep saying this until it happens. But TJ Watt is the clear front runner for defensive player of the year. And if he doesn't win it, we riot. Um, I agree. It would have been cool to see him break it, but um, he's going to have more chances. I think he's a guy that you'll perennially see in double digits for sacks. Um, He's just that good. His work ethic, his attitude, his drive, they're just ridiculous. They're once in a generation type. Um, you know, his brother, JJ put up stupid numbers for five years there. Um, then he, you know, couldn't stay healthy. And, uh, I think TJ is going to put up those kind of numbers for a long time to come. Um, like I said earlier in the year, we need to just back the Brinks truck up to his house, give him a blank check and tell him to sign it for whatever amount of money he wants. Um, exactly. that's a guy you don't let go. Um, I agree. I think it would have been cool to see him get the record, but I think for me, knowing that Donald didn't do anything, you know, the only way I think at this point he loses it is if Donald would have went out and gotten like six sacks, two passes defense, maybe a pick or a fumble. You could have said, okay, he's clearly the best player in the NFL defensively. Yeah. But he didn't. He did nothing in a game that mattered. And TJ Watt still holds all those category leads. And, you know, the only players ever with over, I think, like 12 sacks and 40 QB pressures were JJ Watt and Aaron Donald. And they've won defensive player of the year each time they've had those numbers. So it's a good omen for Watt. Um, and I think that he's going to be the guy that wins it, like you said, clear front runner. So, um, you know, now that we've made our picks on this game. Is there anything else you wanted to add, or do you want to move into uh, the next wild card game? Now let's just move on to the next wild card game. But go Steelers! <laughs> Heck yeah, man! Let's go Steelers! And uh, the next one, we'll get into Colts at the Bills. That's a game that uh, personally I know who I'm picking in this, and is going to be the Steelers' opponent in the second round of the playoffs. Um, but I'm going to let you have the first crack at your uh, at your pick here. See, I would love to see the Colts upset the Bills here just be just for the fact that if the Steelers win on Sunday, then we could have another home game. Uh, so I would personally love to see the Colts win this game, but I'm going to take the Bills. The Bills are just so good right now. They are reaching that top of the mountain there this season. They're hitting their peak really at the right time. Uh, their defense is playing unbelievable. The way that they were able to shut down uh, Tua and the Dolphins' offense, uh, unbelievable. And then Josh Allen, who is an MVP candidate, what he's a clear MVP candidate. I don't think he'll win it, but he, he's definitely going to finish in the top three and definitely needs to be in that conversation. And he he's going to have a good day. Uh, the Colts' defense is re- is really good though too, but um, you know the. the you know, a couple weeks ago when the Colts played the Steelers, the Colts were only able to get to Ben Roethlisberger once. And I do think that the Bills offensive line is really good, is good enough to hold guys like DeForest Buckner and Darius Leonard and uh, Justin Houston, I think, who's on the other side um, of Buckner. But um, yeah, so I, I really don't see the Colts getting too much pressure to Josh Allen, and when you have a guy like Stephon Diggs, who is one of the best receivers in the NFL, and the chemistry that Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs have developed this year, it's it's really going to be a mismatch for a guy like Xavier Rhodes, who went up against Stephon Diggs every day in practice when they were together in Minnesota. And I, I don't know who got the better, who got the upper hand in what, but I'm going to take Stephon Diggs in this matchup because I don't think Xavier Rhodes is the same guy that he was probably two, three years ago. And then the other matchups like Cole Beasley, uh, I think that's a somewhat of a mismatch too. And plus, I, 
And um, just moving on here to the offensive side of the ball for the Colts, I don't, I don't know how much I trust Phillip Rivers in these situations right now. He's still a good quarterback, and I still think he's capable of getting his team, of getting the win for his team. But I think he's going to struggle a lot with his Bills defense, so I'm going to take the Bills. Yeah, for me, I'm also taking the Bills. Like you said, they're literally peaking at the perfect time. Um, Allen. MVP candidate, no question. He not only is throwing the ball really well to the second best wide receiver in football, Stefan Diggs, um, but also, you know, they have a decent run game with Singletary and Zach Moss and Josh Allen. He runs the ball as much as any quarterback in the league for the most part. Um, and that's the thing is whether Buckner or, uh, or who was the other guy? I can't remember his name now. Uh, I should know it. I think it's Justin Houston. I think who's on Houston. the other side, but I could be wrong. Either way. I mean, either one of them. Um, I think for me, he's able to extend plays well enough that it really doesn't matter what's happening in front of him. He's going to get away. He's going to move. Um, but not only Cole Beasley, but John Brown missed the majority of the season, but he is as dynamic as anybody as a wide receiver too. John Brown is a mismatch. He has getaway speed, great hands, and he's got chemistry with Allen. He had a thousand yards last year with Allen, um, before they brought in Diggs and Cole Beasley. I mean, Another guy who I, I think he hit a thousand yards this year. No, he was like twenty yards short. But either way, three stellar receivers. The offensive line is playing pretty well, but that defense. I mean, whether it's uh, Tre'Davious White, whether it's Josh Norman, Levi Wallace, it doesn't matter. These guys are great. I mean, Jordan Poyer is really good. Micah Hyde's still really good. Um, their whole defense is just playing really well. Ed Oliver is outstanding. Um, it, it just doesn't matter what they do right now. The Colts, I just don't think they really have much of a chance. Um, no matter how good Jonathan Taylor is, how good Philip Rivers has been, but that's all in the past. I think Philip Rivers best days are behind him and I don't think he's going to get the, he, I don't think he has what it takes to get it done in this game. So I'm taking the bills as well. Yeah. Um, just for the bills too, on the defensive side of the ball, this was a defense that I can remember harping on for a lot when we were you know, in the middle of this, when we were in the middle of the season, because I didn't think that they were the same defense that they were last year and they weren't at most, at most points, but I forget which game it was, but there was one game that really turned it around for the bills defense. And now they're playing the way that they did last year. Tredavious white still playing at a, you know, an all pro level, the, the level that he played in last year, Poyer, Levi Wallace, Micah Hyde, like you mentioned, those guys are just unbelievable right now. They're playing great football. Uh, to me, they're the the Bills are the second best team in the AFC right now, and I think they do have what it takes to take on Kansas City. But um, just just for the Steelers fan, obviously, I'd like to see a different AFC Championship game. But um, yeah, just I, I don't think Philip Rivers in that offense is going to have. I think I, I'm going to give them a chance, but it's not going to be a good chance. It's, it's not a good chance. It's a low chance that they can, that they get it done against the bills defense. I, th- there's just no way. That at the beginning, it would be very interesting to see the Colts win one to have a home Steeler game again. Um, but also, you know, I don't know if I want to play the bills again, if I'm the Steelers granted, you're going to learn a lot from last time, but, I don't know. I don't think the Steelers really yeah. want to play the Bills right now, um, unless the Colts show something, even in a loss, that shows the Bills can be stopped or how to slow them down. Um, I'm not sure if I really want to play the Bills again. Um, yeah. Probably going to have to. Um, but 
Let's move on to uh, another. It's going to be an NFC divisional matchup. Um, for the third time this season, the Rams are going to play the Seahawks. Um, the Rams have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Um, Jared Goff's a question mark whether he's going to be healthy enough to play or we're going to see John Wolford again. Um, and then the Seahawks kind of limping into the end of the season. Granted, they won a few games and won the division, but um, I don't know. They didn't play that great. You know, Defense was okay, but uh, offensively they were struggling. What, uh, what are your thoughts here? I think it's really going to come down to whether or not Jared Goff plays or not. Um, who did who play last week? Did it, San Francisco played LA right last week? I think it was uh, Cardinals and the other way around. Yeah, Tyler was out for. Uh, that's right. For that's right. That's right. I forgot. But um, I, I really yeah, I think it's going to come down to whether Jared Goff plays or not. But it, even if he does, I think it'll. I, I'm I'm going to take Seattle. I think Seattle still wins this game. Uh. Like you said, I think they're also beat up too, especially in that last game because Jamal Adams did get hurt and he's one of their, he's basically their best player on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe their best player altogether on the team outside of Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf. He's probably like definitely in the top five there. Um, My bet is that he'll play. I, I don't know if I haven't seen the Seahawks practice report or anything, but I think that Jamal Adams will play in this game. I'd like to see him play in this game because, you know, he got out of New York, which is a complete mess over there. And he definitely deserves to be in the playoffs here. But um, yeah, I'm going to take Seattle just, just because um, I, I like Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf, that matchup. Um, although he is going up against uh, Jalen Ramsey, who's probably one of the best cornerbacks in the league. But when you got a guy like Tyler Lockett and, um, who are the other receivers there for Seattle? Honestly, very few big names. I don't I don't remember yeah. the names off the top of my head, but also Chris Carson running back. That's true, yeah. When, when you got guys like Tyler Lockett and Chris Carson that can, you know, carry some of the load and take some of that pressure off of DK Metcalf, I, I think it'll definitely carry over and Russell Wilson will play really well too. And if Aaron Donald can't get going too, if that if the Seattle offensive line can block Aaron Donald, contain the other pass rushers of the Rams, you're you're going to see them struggle and give up some points here. And then go just going to the, uh, the Seahawks defense and the Rams offense. Um, the C- Seattle's defense has played a lot better over the past few weeks. Um, even though they did struggle against San Francisco last week, they were still able to get the job done. And especially the last time the Seahawks played the Rams, they held them to nine points. I think it was, I think it was, yeah, I think it was like nine. nine. Yeah. And that was just two. Yeah. That was just two weeks ago. I remember watching that game. Yeah. It was just nine points, but obviously the Rams defense kept it close too. it's going to be a close game. It'll probably be low scoring like the game. It was two weeks ago, but I like Seattle. I'm actually going the other route. I'm taking the Rams purely because of their defense. Um, okay. I think Ramsey's going to do a really good job with Metcalf. Certainly Lockett is still a factor, um, but I think that that Rams secondary is good enough. They can handle Lockett, um, and he's been super inconsistent this year. Um, the passing offense of the Seattle Seahawks has been a very suspect passing offense. I mean, that's a terrible way to say it. It's been, it's been bad the last few weeks. There's not really been a whole lot going. Um, it's a far cry from Russ throwing for five touchdowns in the first two or three games of the season. Um, 
I, I just don't I don't know that Chris Carson or Carlos Hyde can do enough on the ground to make up for the lack of passing attack of the Seattle Seahawks. Certainly this game is one of the biggest toss-ups of the week. Um, but I don't know. I think for me, the the dynamic of Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald keeps the Seahawks offense kind of at a stalemate because if you throw, Ramsey shuts down half the field. If you run, Donald fills all the gaps in the interior. And then if you run outside the tackles, you got the corners, the safeties, the linebackers chasing down Carson and Hyde. I, I just don't – I don't think that um, that the Seahawks' offense is enough right now. Um, granted, they can always turn it around and Pete Carroll knows how to get them up for playoffs. But um, as long as long as the Rams stick to their identity and play solid defense, I don't see why, the, why they can't win this game. Low scoring for sure, I would agree. Um, but that's that's definitely a tough game to call. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean, really if, you nothing, if you have nothing else to add, we can go to uh, our next NFC matchup. Yeah. Our next one's going to be the Bucks at the Washington football team. The team that won the NFC East. Oh, my. <laughs> what, uh, what a turnaround for the football team. Terrible start to the year. Great finish to the year. Alex Smith, I think, was the difference maker for that team. Um, it's Without crazy, question. but they get to host a playoff game at what seven and nine, six and ten, whatever it was. Seven and nine, yeah, yeah, um, and against a pretty good Bucks team. So, um, go ahead and take it away. You know, I would like to take the upset here, but uh, I, I'm not. I, I'm going with the Bucks. I um, I, I like the Bucks in this matchup mainly because of all the weapons that they have on the offensive side of the ball. Brady has so many weapons like we've harped on all year and Godwin, Evans, Scotty Miller, Antonio Brown, Gronk. He, he, he almost, he has it all. He, he, he has them all. Um, Mike Evans. Uh, I know he did get hurt last week um, against the Falcons. Uh, so uh, my bet is that he's questionable going into this week, but Brady has other match has other receivers as well. Like I just named, uh, it seems like that chemistry with Antonio Brown is really coming together because they've scored because those two have found the end zone with like the past three weeks now, I think it was. So if those two can continue that connect, if those two can continue that, that it's just going to be too much for the Washington for to for Washington's for Washington to come back. And then on the, uh, Offensive side of the ball for Washington and the defensive side of the ball. Alex Smith is still banged up, but I think in 85 to 80%, uh, Alex Smith is better than nothing. So even if he's not at 100%, I think he still plays. I mean, it's a playoff game, and you want all your best players to play. Um, But I, I think uh, Alex Smith, he did struggle last week against Philly, and I think those struggles will continue – this week, uh, especially with the Bucks defense and Shaquille Barrett, who was he on the is he on the COVID list? I forget. Or did he get hurt? I think he's questionable for this week. Okay, yeah, because I, I saw him questionable, I think, last week too, and I, I forget I don't know if he's hurt or if he is on the COVID list. Yeah, I can't remember if it's COVID or hurt. I can look into it, but I'm not I'm not sure if he's gonna play. Okay, but I mean, they still have other pass rushers too, like uh, JPP, Devin White, 
and their secondary is pretty good too. I do think too, too. Oh, that's true. They do have an Indomitian Sue. I forgot about that. So I, I like the defense. I like their defense going up against uh, Washington's offensive line and getting to Alex Smith, which will force him to make some mistakes. And then switching back over to the other sides of the ball. I do think Chase Young will get to Brady at least a couple times because because I, I know that the Bucks offensive line has played better over the past few weeks, but I mean, you, you can't stop Chase Young all the time. He's going to get through and make a few plays. He did last week, and he's done it throughout this whole season. But at the end of the day, I'm taking the Bucks. Yeah, I, it's so hard for me to pick this game. It, it's really hard because the aspects of the Washington front seven being very, very good. The secondary stepping up and playing a little bit better. Uh, they did play pretty well against Philly. Um, and the the Bucks defense, you know, their, their front seven's pretty good. They're banged up. Their secondary, it's nothing special. They don't have that big playmaker back there. Um, but then you look at the offenses, and Brady just, it's so hard to pick against Brady, especially when he's got, you know, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, Gronk, A.B., Godwin, Scotty Miller. I mean, just up and down. It's so good. But then, you know, again, the, the thought comes back in of, well, Chase Young and Jared Allen and uh, crap, who's the other? Um, their other pass rushers are really good. I mean, you just look at this entire defensive line and it's just, it's scary. I mean, who would want to go against Montez Sweat, Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne? I mean, they're all so good. And, you know, Ronald Darby's playing better. Kendall Fuller's playing better. It's tough. I don't think there's going to be as much offense as a lot of people would think in this game. I think it's going to be pretty close. It's going to be colder in Washington. Um, you know, Brady's used to that, though. So I'm taking the Bucks. Um, I really was taking – I was tossing it up and down, but I'm going with the Bucks because I just – it's hard to pick against the greatest quarterback of all time. It really is. Um, and for me, I think that, like you said, with his chemistry with A.B. rounding into form um, – He's got a, a seasoned, experienced wide receiver. Um, just let's hope he doesn't have any non-flashbacks getting hit across the middle in the playoffs. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we I did see something that was interesting. This is the first time in Brady's 21-year career he's entering the playoffs as a wild card. Yeah, I saw that too. He never and played as a wild card team. That is very interesting because, uh, yeah, th- that's wild. Because if you look at his career, I mean, it's always been in New England, and he's always won the division. He's always won the division, so he's always had a home game. The lowest he's ever had in a wild in a wild card was the three seed. Other than that, he's always had a week off. Mm-hmm. He's either always had a week off or he's always had a home playoff game. Yeah, exactly. It, it's just crazy to me that that guy never had road playoff games. I mean, he probably had like two or three in his career, and that's absurd in twenty one years. So now he's gonna yeah now he's gonna have to go on the road. Every every week, unless somehow the six and seven seeds manage to knock off all the top four seeds. I see the one, two, three, and four. Um, yeah, I'm, it's hard. Like I said, it's hard to pick against the Bucks. I did it during the yeah. season. I regretted it, and I stopped doing it. And it, they proved me right and wrong. So I'm just taking the Bucks. I think the Washington football team is going to give them a good game. If Antonio Gibson and Scary Terry McLaurin get going, um, and Alex Smith channels his his uh, former self. I think they're a team that could pull an upset just like the Rams. Um, but again, it, the Bucks are too loaded for me to pick against. And Washington, 
They're young. They have a bright future. They're going to have some picks. Um, you know, I think even if Alex Smith is the quarterback again next year, they're still in good hands. Antonio Gibson's really good. McLaurin's really good. Their defense is going to get better. So, um, yeah. I look for that team to be the uh, NFC com- contender, uh, NFC East contending team, along with the Cowboys into the future. Let's hope um, they. Uh, l- let's hope next year they have a name. Yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> it's tough to call them the Washington Football Team. So yeah. Um, our last NFC matchup is going to be the Bears and the Saints. Um, the Bears going into New Orleans, squeaking into that seven seed. Um, yeah, I, I think this game's pretty easy to pick. This should be the easiest one of the uh, wild card weekend. Um, I'm not going to give any thought to it. I'm taking the, the Saints. Um, even if Drew Brees isn't playing well. Even if they don't have all their running backs, I think they're good enough to beat the Bears. Um, the Bears could give them a game, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't think that they can compete with Sean Payton, Drew Brees, Kamara, Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, um, and that defense with Cam Jordan. So I'm taking the Saints. That's all the analysis I really need. <laughs> I'll let you take it away. Uh, yeah, there's really not much to really say about this game either. Uh, I'm I'm also taking the Saints. I know the Bears have played a lot better these past few weeks, but if you look at, you know, last week when they went up against Aaron Rodgers, they were able to get a game, but at this, but they couldn't come away with it. Couldn't come away with it at the end. I Mitchell Drubisky. I forget. Oh man, I watched that game too. Mitchell Drubisky made a mistake in that game, didn't he? He threw an interception or something. No, no, they couldn't convert a fourth down. That's what it was. They couldn't convert a fourth down. That's what ultimately lost them the game. And yeah, like as much as Trubisky's played a lot better, I really don't trust him against that Saints defense. So I'm taking the Saints. Smith Trubisky, the last time he was in the playoffs was the double doink. Um, Which Cody they should Parkey. have won, but you know, Cody Parkey. Yeah, speaking of Cody Parkey, the Browns do not trust Cody Parkey. I think you said it week 17. We're kind of drifting backwards here, but they didn't kick like a 38 yard field goal. You can just tell how Cody Parkey is trusted around the NFL. So didn't uh, they did, wait? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Just to go back to that. Did, didn't they? Yeah. They failed on that fourth down conversion. Didn't they? Yeah. It was like fourth and two and they went for it instead of kicking a field goal to go up by, I think it was uh, two scores. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. 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 So our last wild card game here after the easiest one might be the hardest one. The Ravens and the Titans, two teams that do nothing but run the ball, um, two quarterbacks who both are very mobile and have run for quite a few touchdowns, a decent amount of yards, um, and one defense that's pretty good. The other one's a little sus. Um, we got the Ravens playing at Tennessee. I'll let you pick this game first. I think you'll be surprised on who I pick, but I think I think Lamar Jackson's going to get his first win. I think Lamar Jackson will get his first playoff win this week. So I'm taking the Ravens. Um, he's playing a lot better. Seems to be passing the ball a lot better. Uh, they're obviously more of a running team, though. He's going to run the ball. J.K. Dobbins, Mark Ingram, uh, Gus Edwards, they're all going to run the ball really well over Tennessee's uh, defense, who obviously has not played well, very has not played well at all. And you may see Lamar Jackson. Uh, pass the ball a little bit better this week too. I mean, like I said, he's passed. He's he seems to be passing the ball a lot better in recent weeks, which is good for him. Even though he's more of a running quarterback, and then I think for the flipping over to the 
other sides of the ball. So the Ravens defense and the Titans offense, um, Titans will definitely score some points. I think that Derrick Henry will continue to, you know, be the powerhouse that he is. And Ryan Tannehill will, um, make the, make the plays needed. But I think that the Ravens defense come away with this and they play a lot better than the Titans defense, obviously because the Ravens defense is a lot better. Although I will say this, um, I think there will be a turning point in the game and that turning point will be who, which that turning point in the game will be who, which quarterback will turn the ball over. Uh, we we've seen Lamar Jackson play really bad poorly in the playoffs by turning the ball over, whether it be a fumble or an interception or whatever. And Ryan Tannehill, obviously protecting the football. That's what led them to the AFC championship game a year ago. So it'll really come down to which quarterback will make will make that one mistake. Um, or maybe they don't make a mistake, but I'm going to take Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Um, this is an interesting game being that it's a rematch of last year. Um, Mike Vrabel is an unbelievable coach. Um, definitely does not get the nationwide praise that he should. Um, he gets his team up for games. He preps them like no other team. Um, he just knows football. He's a football guy, and I would love to play for him. I think he would be a, a crazy good coach being that he kind of does the drills with the players. I mean, he's not afraid. The dude still could play. I mean, you look at him, he could very easily slip back into a Patriots uniform and run out there. So um, how big he is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The dude's, the dude's ripped and he's in unbelievable shape, even being out of the league for what is it like five years now, six years now. Um, Something like that. Yeah. Either way, it's definitely tough because I, I really struggle to believe in Tannehill managing a game and getting the, the the Titans a win, but he's played really well this year. I mean, obviously the big storyline, Derrick Henry ran for 2000 yards. Dude needed like 223 yards last week, just decided 250 for the heck of it. Why not? Um, I mean, he's an unbelievable running back, but Tannehill this year, I mean, he played really well. Like I said, like 3,800 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven picks. I mean, he had a, a really good season. Um, I just don't know what he's gonna be able to do against that Ravens defense. I mean, Marlon Humphrey's an animal. Um, Patrick Queen's unbelievable. Um, it's just hard for me to pick the Titans to win this game, being with how their their stars on defense have stepped up. So I'm gonna take the Ravens. I think that running game is just far too much between Dobbins, Edwards, Ingram, Lamar, whoever it is. It doesn't matter. Um, and like you said, I agree. I think Andrews and uh, Hollywood Brown are going to get pretty involved here, even maybe Willie Sneed. Um, but I think that the Ravens or this game or Dez, I mean, I don't know if he's going to get real involved, but he might. You never know. Um, I think the Ravens win this game for sure. Um, I think it's going to be close. I definitely can see it being, you know, kind of one of those field goal at the end of the game to win it or even an overtime field goal. Um, but, yeah, that's that's where I'm taking it is I'm taking the Ravens to win. Um, and the Ravens to have to play the Chiefs in the next week. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. Um, whichever kicker you trust the most, and obviously that's the best kicker in the National Football League, and Justin Tucker, he'll probably – I could see him winning the game for the Ravens in, on like a 48 to 50-yard attempt. Absolutely. I can see it. I mean, he's he's Mr. Automatic anything inside like 65 yards, so. <laughs> I'd like to I'd like to see him try a 65 yard kick because I because he would definitely win like, you know he would definitely make it 
He would definitely oh, make it. Of any kicker in the league, yeah, I could see him being the guy to break the all-time record. Give him an indoor kick or a kick in Denver, 100%. No question. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, that wraps up our uh, our wild card weekend picks. Um, you know, with these matchups that we're going to see in next week, I think if our our picks hold true aside from our one difference, um, I think we're in for a really, really good second week of NFL fo- of NFL playoff football. So, um, yeah, anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? Uh, just, you know, I'm excited about th- this upcoming weekend here. It'll be a really good weekend for the NFL. And, yeah, I'm hoping that I'm, – I'm hoping for a Steelers win. I, th- I think that, that that's all I got to say. I agree. That's, uh, that's my biggest hope. And I uh, hope we're going to definitely be keeping our eyes on all the games, but obviously mostly that Steeler game Sunday night. So um, exactly. thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Um, we're glad you're, you're sticking with it. And, like, we uh, – like I mentioned last week, we're going to be doing two times a week uploads when we get these out. We'll try to do NHL and an NFL uh, separate episodes, uh, keep them a little bit shorter. Um, but this will be our wild card weekend preview. Um, stay safe, everybody stay healthy, and uh, we'll see you next week. See you next week, guys.